0: Hey everyone, this is Stuart Crawford. Welcome to another great show here on the MSP show on Blog Talk Radio. I'd like to thank the folks at Blog Talk Radio for this great platform that they give us uh, to to do podcasts and share all over the internet. We have a a special announcement. I'm not sure it'll be ready yet uh, by the time this show goes to air, but we're going to be, I think next week we'll have our announcement of our special skill that we we're releasing, I'm not gonna say what platform it's on because it's gonna alert it in my office and I'm gonna have all these devices speaking to me, but watch out for that next week. Anyway, the MSP show is brought to you on, uh, brought to you on the Blog Talk Radio and we do this every week bringing you know, vendors and uh, people that can help you with marketing and sales and also tell the story of managed service providers. And today we got a great uh, story uh, coming out of British Columbia, Canada. Darren Coleman is with Coleman Technologies. Uh, based in Langley, British Columbia. And Darren's been uh, working with me for uh, quite a few years, and he's got a really good story we're going to uh, talk about, where he started off and, to you know, speaking at a recent uh, well-known educational uh, facility or uh, facility in, uh, in Massachusetts. So, Darren, welcome to the MSP show today. Hope uh, hope things are well on the west coast of Canada these days.
1: Things are great, Stuart. Thanks for having me.
0: So Darren, tell us a little bit about Coleman Technologies and uh, um, you know what you uh, you know what you you bring to the Vancouver Langley Lower Mainland uh, you know marketplace.
1: Sure. Well, you know w- you know we we provide managed services as do you know many of your clients. Um, but let me just tell you a little bit about you know sort of how I got here. You know you know, where, where things came from, just so I can sort of put things in perspective, you know, Stuart, when when I graduated from college, you know, I did what all college students should do. You know, I secured an internship with a good, honest company, but, you know, they made it quite clear um, that I was getting an internship and not a job and that I should have no expectations of employment. And and I I really didn't, but um, you know, what I did have was, you know, my small town values and worth ethics and, that must have been enough because after a few a few short months they hired me. This was with an IET company in Surrey, very close to me, and then things got interesting because after being with that firm for a couple of years, you know, they asked me if I wanted to buy it, and of course they only had one condition, and, and that was that I had to you know honor all of their existing service obligations uh, for which they had already paid. Um, so you know that that really wasn't a very big obligation, um, and and that's really how I got started with Coleman Technologies. I took over uh, from another IT company that was doing break fix, and over time, I, I converted that company into a, a managed IT services uh, company that uh, that we have here today.
0: So you know, it sounds like many you know many of the same things we hear from a lot of uh, you folks. You know, you were you know you took over the you know, running of this uh, break fix company in in British Columbia. Some people. You know, lucky like, you know, my story was I just happened to, you know, work. I uh, got out of the military, got a job as a consultant, and you know, built my own. You know, built my own way up to starting my own firm with two great guys too. Uh, and a lot of, you know, a lot of guys, you know, like like us, Darren, you know, kind of stumble into this business. But I'm 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 assuming, you know, when you first got started, you weren't necessarily a marketing and sales focused person. Were you like like most of us, like? Were you technical at that time? And then, uh, you know, tell us about that, you know, that journey, the start of the journey anyway, from realizing that you had, you know, maybe shift gears from being a technical-minded individual to, you know, heck, I got to grow this company now, so what am I going to
1: do? Yeah, for, for sure. Like, uh, I'm sure many people who are in the uh, computer business, you know, they got into it because they know IT, they love IT, you know, they they anything technical, you, you're sort of drawn to. And, and that, that was just... You know, I I got involved in in, in it because, you know, I I liked the Commodore 64. I liked you know, my IBM PS2. And I I really thought, hey, you know, this is a good job if someone will pay me to come fix their devices. And I really didn't see any sort of business. I just saw it as a way to to make money. And, uh, you know, the further I got into it, I just found that I was working more and more and I was making a little bit more money. But it really wasn't, you know, a business. It wasn't something that I could see enjoying long term. And, you know, I, you know, there's many years in between here, but what happened, you know, I, I met you, Stuart, you really got me involved in the whole marketing. You came to Vancouver, we connected through LinkedIn and I said, Hey, you know, this is a guy I need to connect with because I, you know, I, I could see your vision, uh, for what you had for my clients based on your, what you've done for some of your other clients. And I think I, you know, connected, uh, right after our LinkedIn event. And then we started the marketing and really that's, you know, changed my business in a dramatic way.
0: Yeah. I'm just trying to think back when that was, Was that the one we did at the near the P and E there in Vancouver.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. It was uh, down near the P In fact, you know, you had to connect with me on LinkedIn and, and I almost didn't go. And, and one of my longtime staff members, I've had this guy, Kevin, Kevin Smith with me for about 18 years. And I said, what do you think? Do you feel like, you know, Driving down to Vancouver and, and uh, seeing this guy, Stuart Crawford. And he said, Yeah, why not? So uh, that's how, how it got started.
0: Well, that's great. Now, so there's a little bit of uh, incentive for folks to come to our upcoming workshops. We have workshops. Uh, We'd have finished some workshops in Dallas and Houston this week. And we're getting ready to go to Baltimore and Denver in March. We're taking February off, but really not. It's the first, next event in Baltimore is be the first week of March. So
1: yeah, it's, not, it's not like. Uh,
0: yeah, I I I think they're good, but I think I'm doing them. So, so Darren, so you so you you got introduced to marketing, uh, and so and the importance of marketing, and I'm gonna say marketing slash fails, um, and then you know, so you you started this journey. So, you know, I'm a I'm a technician owning a managed service business, and you know I you know I traditionally grow my business because I've done good work, and some of my clients refer me on to others, and. I'm sure your story is no different than all the other ones. Uh, although I do appreciate the Commodore 64, that kind of you know dates us as being old guys now. But uh, you know, what you know, what besides coming to our event in in Vancouver and and checking us out on LinkedIn, um, you know, how tell us now how has your business kind of changed since you kind of taken Coleman from being uh, a technology focused company to maybe a marketing and sales company that happens to mark, you know, just happen to market and sell IT
1: services. Sure. Well, of course, when I first started as a lone tech, just cause I enjoyed technology like we just spoke about, but, but now, you know, we provide, you know, Fraser Valley, you know, many of the small areas around us um, with, with, uh, we, we can provide the businesses a full IT staff and a fraction what they're paying these low level IT managers, you know, our team, you know, because I have a team now, it's not just me we eliminate the hassles of of dealing with the single knowledge and ability of the lone computer guy, which which is what I was at. But now I can sort of sell against that because we have a team and, you know, as a lone computer guy, you can only know so much. So we've changed, taken our business from break, break, fix to, you know, fully proactive, you know, managing um, all the customers, you know, computers and networks. And, you know, if you've ever been through uh, Gary Pika and true methods and, you know, going up the stack, you know, uh, that's where we're at.
0: Yeah. So you, so you mentioned, uh, you know, Gary Peak, and I have a great uh, admiration for Gary and everything that he's done in the channel. Um, You know, what did you, what did you learn um, from, you know, things like that, you know, um, how, how did it change your, 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 your focus on what services you provide? Because when I first met you, Darren, you had a whole laundry list of services. You did everything under the sun. How, how much is that? How much has changed uh, since those uh, days a few years ago?
1: Yeah, you know, we, we still offer a, a long list of services, but now that I sort of understand uh, Gary's method of you know the centralized services and the network administration, the VCIO and and support. You know, before we we're spending all our time just focusing on being reactive, you know, with support tickets and and phone calls and you know, it's been a long journey. It's not easy to change from a break fix to to a managed service um, provider, you know, and it's just really difficult getting out of the area of just always jumping every time a support request comes in. So all our clients now are on uh, some type of managed service agreement. And uh, I tell you, it's really made life for me and my staff so much easier.
0: So how did you handle that transition Darren? Because I know a lot of, MSPs struggle with that transition from break-fixed, you know, and it's 2018 now and we're still, you know, dealing with the transition from break-fixed to managed services where, know, I I don't want to date myself, but I thought, I I think I started looking at this in 2005 when I first heard Matt McElwitz speak at Harry Brelsford's SME Nation up in Redmond. Um, You know, 13 years later, we're still, you know, trying to figure this out. Um, you know, what what advice can you share with people that are that are listening to our our podcast today?
1: Yeah, well, de- definitely, you know, what I did is I started, you know, I looked at, you know, my my top clients and you know, I I tried to show them ways in which it would be more beneficial for them to to make the, the switch, you know, uh, you know, from break fix to show them you know, what I actually had to do is, is create trust. You know, my, my clients trusted me, but what I wanted to do is show them how it would be better. You know, how by having their, their patch management and their antivirus and anti-spam and all the different monitoring and the automated maintenance, how that was actually going to make their life better. And how it made their life better was, you know, if, if they were paying for their staff to work during the day and something would break down, well, they'd have to wait, you know, Couple hours for someone to get down there they'd be out of business you know when we get there we'd kick their staff off the uh, off the, their computers now what we do is we just go behind the scene we say hey we see your, your, your servers uh, you know running at capacity your hard drive is failing you're running out of memory you know whatever it is and we can fix those um, b- before it actually affects their business so what we actually had to do is prove it to some of our customers so some of our larger cu- customers you know we, we deal with SolarWinds Enable and, and they make a great product. And, and what we did is we started installing it on all our customers' workstations. And we didn't build them for it at first. And then, then when they would call with a problem, we'd say, hey, yeah, we can send someone out there, but we can also do it this way. And we just had to build trust and, and start proving it to our clients that this was a better way. And then, of course, there are some clients who, who won't convert because they don't feel they have an eater, they don't value technology in the same way. And what we did is we looked at our customers based on uh, revenue. And if, if they were low revenue, we basically said in a nice way, you know, take it or leave it.
0: And that's sometimes a very difficult, uh, realization to come to where, you know, you have to start saying no to people because they don't fit your business model. And I know, uh, Darren, all in all, in all transparency, I struggle with that on a regular basis too. But I know I should be getting rid of some people, and I just hold on to him because I just hired that last, that, that latest guy. And my room, my salary cap room is, you know, getting awfully tight. You know, what did you find by actually starting to, you know, move people away from Coleman that nece- that didn't necessarily fit or want to fit into your business model?
1: Uh, well, what we found is that there was a lot less noise. You know, you had a lot less panicked phone calls, a lot less emails, and it allowed us to focus on improving uh, support for, for the clients that were actually, uh, you know, paying uh, to keep the company going. You know, if, if you look, you know, I, I use QuickBooks, I don't know what other people use, but I assume a lot of people would use QuickBooks. And, and you look at your revenue uh, per client, you know, o- over the month or over the year, and, and, and some of the clients who are very low on revenue, but create a lot of noise, you know, sometimes you just need to walk away, and it's hard. You know, I, I struggle like you do. You know, some of these clients I've worked with for you know, fifteen, eighteen years, and if if they call you once or twice or a couple times a year, uh, they're they're probably not a good client. Not for me, anyway.
0: Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So uh, uh, okay, so you know, we got this. We got the service you know offering kind of nailed down. Uh, we started talking about marketing and sales uh, now Darren, I know you I know you do a lot of you know you, ha- you have some specialties in some verticals um, probably probably not unlike a lot of people who we work with or in the MSP community themselves you probably still you know market to everyone or at least take business from everyone and but I know you have a fresh, a couple of very special, specially kind of focused verticals. Now, what have you learned by, you know, starting to zero in on certain kind of target markets?
1: Yeah. So my primary vertical has always been, um, you know, real estate, you know, real estate, uh, mostly, uh, real estate, uh, brokerages, uh, you know, franchises that are basically, uh, too small to have their own IT department. Um, you know, they would hire us. And we've done a lot of work with some, uh, you know, some big names. And the one thing I learned, you know, you know, from working in that vertical uh, recently is that that might not be the best vertical for us. You know, we've recently started branching out and, you know, we, we focused a lot on that vertical because that's what we, that's what we knew. And we've recently started branching out to uh, some other verticals uh, like manufacturing and find um, that they seem to be a little bit, um, easier to deal with, you know, uh, with real estate, it's really dependent on, uh, how busy the office is, you know, how, how much their agents are producing to how much money they're willing to spend. You know, it's kind of like a seesaw there, there, there there's no consistency. And, uh, the other thing that I find in the real estate market is that you're answering to a lot of different people because of course each real estate brokerage, you know, has different agents and, and staff. And of course the staff. They're easy to support, you know what their expectations are, but then you have a realtor comes and says, hey, you know, I, I need to be able to print off this photocopier, I need to be able to do this, and they sort of come and go, so they, they make your life difficult because they phone whenever they just happen to be at the office needing support.
0: Yeah, so interesting that you're moving into vertical. I mean, I think that's a good market for uh, the lower mainland, uh, especially, uh, you know, giving, giving, you know, your close proximity to a major port um so you work you're marketing to you know unique verticals um you're realizing that some of them are you know now what you got you know Darren is this almost a story of like what got us here can't get us there no can't get you guys to the next level
1: Stuart I I can't believe you said that I I had a meeting with Kevin yesterday and we're going over some strategies coming up and I said Kevin you know what, what got us to where we are, isn't going to get us to where we need to be. And we, we just had that conversation. So that's, that's very true. You know, the business has to change. We have to change and we got to continue to evolve because, you know, technology is changing and, uh, you know, we need to change with it. And it's not just technology, you know, a lot of, a lot of it is, you know, I've said it before, you know, trust, I've been reading Dan Kennedy's book, you know, trust-based marketing and, uh, yeah, you we're know, we're just trying to learn and 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 um, and change with the industry.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big believer of that kind of stuff too, Darren. You know, I'm a I'm probably not an avid reader, Dan Kennedy uh, that much, but I, but I do you know I do follow a similar type of mindsets, and I think it's very very important that you build trust in your community. And you know, and we're going to get to the you know the theme of today's podcast here in a second. But that kind of just sets the stage for where we want to get to, uh, Darren, because I know you just you just finished uh, speaking at Harvard recently, and I want to talk about that journey and the way, how you got there. But uh, I think establishing trust in your community, I want to kind of expand on that a bit more because there is, you know, a, I think a lot of IT service organization, organizations, organizations, you know, no, they know a lot. They're very technically, you know, they know uh, I I would put anybody's, any one of my clients technical abilities against each other and they would all come, you know, pretty much even, but they don't get an opportunity to share that wisdom in the marketplace. So Darren, what are, what are you guys doing to build that credibility in in Langley, but also um, you know, have the community establish trust with you guys and then your your trust in the community
1: sure okay well you know if we go back about i don't know a year and a half two years ago you know i got asked to contribute to this book and um you know there 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 was other contributors and you know those contributors were, were very impressive so you know i thought to myself you know am i up for the task because you know i've never done this before and uh you know you know can i can i bring my a game you know can i do it you know i really questioned myself but you know luckily i answered yes and that's how i got to be a part of you know technology press number 1 best selling book you know easy pray how to protect your business from data breach cyber crime and employee fraud and ultimately you know the book ranked as a number 1 seller in uh, computers and technology so what that's done for me uh it's really just changed the way you know my prospects and my clients you know viewed me and 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 how they view our company. You know, it, it basically creates you know a, immediate authority in our conversation. You know, like it yeah, minimizing. Yeah, normally, you talk about price and and you know it, it and that sort of discussion when you meet with someone. But you know, as the authoritative. You know, person, you know, bringing you know the book behind me, and that I'm this technical writer. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really a commodity like like every other IT company. You know, there's there's a differ differentiator uh, there.
0: But there, what do you, like how, how would you recommend a small? You know, I I specialize in smaller managed service businesses, so companies your size. Um, how do you recommend um, a company? You know, take that first step because I'm sure you you tripped and fallen, and stumbled and fumbled a little bit along along the way. Um, you know, how now, knowing what you know now, how would you recommend a small company get started in establishing that credibility in the marketplace?
1: Well, I, probably the first step, even you know, to backtrack a little bit. Before I got involved in in, in the number one best-selling book, you know, I I, I didn't have that. But one of the things that I did to gain credibility and trust was I actually had your team reach out to some of my long-term clients and created case studies. And then with those case studies, I use that in, you know, my mail outs and my marketing and on my website. And I I use them as reference points for for people in similar businesses and even, even dissimilar businesses to, to start building some trust.
0: So you're, you're basically using social proof as a, a kind of a way to, You know, build that credibility because, you know, what a lot of people just do that, you know, they're like the uh, proverbial caveman pounding their chest saying, look how great I am, where you're getting your clientele and uh, those people that you do business with uh, basically doing that for you.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, and, you, and you know me, I'm all, I'm all about, uh, you know, case studies and testimonials and all that kind of stuff of the way, you know, everything, every piece of marketing that you send out should have some sort of testimonial or customer story of success attached to it. Um, I, I think that's just a, a great way, a great way to operate. So, so Darren, so I planted the seed that you went to Harvard. Um, obviously based on your contributions to the Easy EasyPray book and uh, you know what you what you've done with that, but let's you know not every MFP is going to get an opportunity to speak at Harvard, but you know let's talk about speaking in general. I mean, you know, there's always uh, local organizations, uh, chambers of commerce, uh, breakfast clubs, rotaries, uh, Meetup.com. What are you seeing? You know, from you know you and I talked about this even last week, just taking some of the material that we've done and presenting it even with some of your clients. You know, how important is it to get in front of uh, an audience like, you know, even just a small audience of, you know, maybe a handful of people?
1: Yeah, uh, very important. You know, so your status is everything. You know, you're the, you're the guy in the front of the room. You're the guy they're listening to and it's elevating your status. You know, look, I'm a different person now than I was six months ago before I went to Harvard. You know, I spoke, you know, in front of almost 200 people and, it's just, as you said earlier, you know, positioning, you know, positioning is everything, you know, you want to position yourself as a credible, you know, whatever you do, people listening to your IT providers or in, in IT in some way. So, you know, your, your clients have to believe that you're the right person to come to their business and touch their equipment. And, and when you stand up there on stage, it doesn't have to be Harvard, um, but you know, the, where you speak it does have some relevancy The the higher status, the place you speak, the higher your your status is interpreted as, but you know, I I speak anywhere. You know, I go to Toastmasters. I speak in front of my my fellow Toastmasters. I talk about technology that they're probably tired of hearing about it, but you know, if if an office says, hey, Darren, you know, like for instance, next week, you know, an office says, hey, you know, we saw that LinkedIn webinar you did. Would you come in and, and and train our agents? I said, sure. You know, anytime I get a chance to stand in front in front of people and elevate my status because as a person in the front, you were the expert. Um, you know, I, I, you, you don't want to turn that down.
0: And I agree. And I, I'm a big follower of Gary Vaynerchuk. I think I mentioned at least once every podcast. Uh, you know, I, I really subscribe to his model of one is greater than zero. Because you never know when that when that right person is going to be sitting in the audience or tuning in online. I've seen too many companies, Darren, cancel a webinar because they've had three registrations. So they say, you know what, screw it. We're not going to do it. And I've had companies host webinars with three registrations and close a quarter of a million dollar deal because that one person that happened beyond that webinar was the right person to hear that message. So, I mean, I applaud you for, uh, you know, your advice here on, you know, getting out and and speaking to as many people as you want, because again, you never know who's going to be sitting in that audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking, you know, you, you said you've had some clients that they cancel. You know, not a people show up. You know, I, I've done webinars. I've done like Tech Tuesdays. I've done different things on Facebook Live. And, and you know, sometimes it shows that, that people aren't there. And I've seen that people actually are there. And, you know, even the last webinar we did, you know, I, I live streamed it. There, there wasn't very many people watching the live stream. But when I went into the office and I, I talked to different people who, who I had mentioned about the live stream, they said, yeah, we had it on. So, you know, sometimes the statistics uh, for whatever reason, especially with Facebook, um, they don't necessarily rec- you know, recognize each person who's there. And I can tell you, I- I've gotten work you know uh, from Facebook and I'm pretty sure it was from one of the tech Tuesdays I did. And I can tell you, I, I don't have a huge audience, but pe- people see it and-, and it's good practice. It's good practice.
0: Well, I mean, You know, people tuning in live of this podcast are, you know, right now, not very many, but I can tell you, I've been doing this podcast now on this, on Blog Talk Radio here, and and by the way, I'm in conversation with Darren Coleman from Coleman Technologies. Um, I've been doing this podcast, Darren, for 11 years now on Blog Talk Radio, and I have almost six figures of people who have listened to at least one episode. So it grows over time as well. You know, that's what I love about the internet today. Unlike old time radio where it was, yeah, sure. You may have lots of listeners listening to you on, uh, you know, the Vancouver local radio station. I can't remember what the news channel is there now. It's been too long since I've been out there, but, uh, you know, the, you know, you may not get all those people, you know, listening to you on a live stream now, but I can tell you over time, those numbers, uh, go up and I, you know, I still get calls today, five or six years after I've done a webcast where people say, you know, I listened to your webcast on such and such thing. I want oh, what did I, what did I do that on? And it's, you know, it's remarkable how long of a lifespan uh, this, these type of online events have, but also memories of people listening to you speak. I still have people coming and, and say, I, I saw you speak at an event in 2013. I wasn't ready then, but I'm ready now. Can we talk? So, you know, that, that is super, super important to get out and, and, and talking to people. Um, so let's let's talk about that journey to Harvard. You know, how did that opportunity present itself?
1: Okay, yeah, I, you know, funny, I get asked that question all the time. And just before this conversation, I actually had another interview I just did with, with uh, a friend of mine, uh, Clint Arthur, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but He's, he's written several books, you know, The Speaking Game, uh, 21 Performances of Donald Trump. He, he's got a lot of different books. And mostly you write books, not necessarily because people are going to read them, just because, you know, it, it elevates your status. You know, it, it's a little bit different than a brochure, right? So I, I was having a conversation with him. Uh, and, and I met him at another event um, that, that I attend sometimes in Nashville. And I, I had an opportunity because he was looking for, for speakers. And I had just contributed to the book, so it was a perfect opportunity for me to speak about my experience uh, with, with the book and, and speak to to, uh, to my journey, and and also network with a lot of other um, individuals in, in d- different fields. So it was sort you know it was an opportunity um, that uh, just sort of presented itself, and it was a great honor that I got to participate uh, in that business expert format, the Harvard Faculty Club, you know. You know, I'm so grateful I did it, um, and, and if I had the opportunity to do it again, you know, I, I would.
0: Because I know you thought about about that long and hard, because you got a family vacation coming up, like, the next day, right? In Hawaii, it was in Hawaii or something?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, the issue was, at the time when I needed to speak, I was supposed to be on a uh, flight with uh, my wife and uh, my three children, uh, to Hawaii for that week. So in order to make it work, I literally added, added the width of the continent twice you know, to, to the itinerary in order to um, have that speech. But I knew that it was something that was going to elevate my status. It was something that wasn't going to be, it wasn't like any other speech. It was it was something that we were going to be able to bring forward. And I knew in my relationship with Stuart and Ulistic, it would be something that you guys were going to be able to help me leverage in, 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 in our, in our marketing efforts. So, you know, I, I thought long and hard about it and I spoke to my wife and, and lucky for me, she was understanding and, and I got on the phone with the airlines and, and I, I made it work because sometimes, you know, th- things aren't always going to be easy, but the more effort you put into something, the, the more you're going to get out of it. And uh, yeah, like I said, it, it's something that, that I, 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 I was a great honor, you know, and and I'm glad I was able to participate.
0: So, but how did the folks at Harvard source you? Is it because of the the book, Darren, that uh, got their attention?
1: No, no, it was because of my relationship uh, with Clint. Uh, he he was the organization uh, behind the event. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, now I put now I'm putting it together. That makes sense. So yeah, great. So that you know that that you know so that's fantastic. Now you're right. Not every MST is going to get an opportunity to speak at a prestigious organi- uh, a prestigious school like Harvard. But, you know, I, and I, I like what you said, you made it work. You know, you, you could have said, no, I'm on a plane with my family on vacation, but you worked it into your schedule somehow, and, and too many people, uh, especially, you know, I mean, and it's not unique just to managed services, Darren, but I see it a lot in the managed service business that they turn down an interview on the local TV or the interview by a, a journalist because of the fact that they're, you know, they're too busy working with a, a problem with a server or, um, you know, and, a you know, a client meeting or something like that. Uh, once the, once the journalists, once you turn down the journalist, you know what, they never call you back. So, um, I know you've got a lot of PR coverage too. And I mean, if you were just on a podcast before this one, that's two in one day. So, you know, what, what media tips can you share with our listeners today?
1: Well, pr- probably the biggest tip is, uh, you know, just be persistent. You know, uh, before I, I went to Harvard, I, I made sure I wanted everyone to know about it because no one's going to be a bigger fan for you th- than yourself, you know. So I made sure uh, through, I, I think it was through Ulistic, you know, I, I probably had one of you guys help me. We, we submitted to the local papers and I ended up being in the Langley Times, the Langley Advanced, uh, and, and some other paper. They did a story on me. And, you know, basically, anytime I do anything, like if, if we win an award, if, uh, if, if we're mentioned uh, on, on a notable site, you know, I, I make sure that I let people know about it. And um, it's just persistent because just because you email the newspaper that you've done something, they're, you know, they get a lot of, you know, emails and phone calls. And, and you just have to be persistent. And, and if, it's a, if it's something you believe in. Uh, you, you might be able to get them to publish the story. And, and now you're, you're, you're published in the newspaper. I've also been published in, in some uh, prominent uh, uh, online sources. And, and it's just because I've worked with some of the right people who know people behind different publications. And, uh, you know, it, it's just really aligning with the right people. And uh, sometimes you have to spend the time to, to figure out who those people are.
0: And sometimes, Darren, it's not even about yourself, because when I was in Calgary, for example, uh, or when I lived in Calgary, I was – I'm kind of like you. I was kind of all over the media. And, uh, you know, what I learned – I actually had a friend of mine, David Boucher, who was a uh, reporter at Global TV in Calgary. And I ran into him at the airport one time, and I said, David, you, you, stop, you stop calling me or emailing me. What's going on? He so, you know, Stuart – keep emailing me. I get all of your stuff and I, I review it every single time you do. But, you know, sometimes I get outvoted on what stories are going to cover that day. But if I was like the average person, I would get deflated on that and say, you know what, these guys aren't calling me. I'm going to stop emailing David because he's not getting back to me. But what I found is that persistence pays off. You know, I remember, um, you know, do, you know pitching stories. So, you know, one, one of the things I also learned is, you know, don't necessarily pitch it all about you all the time. Figure out what's trending in the marketplace and then pitch that so let's say let's say the new ransomware that comes out that takes down you know 80 percent of the business computers in the, in in canada darren well guess what i guess what i would be pitching that day you know how you know what this new ransomware is and how to protect it i've done things with windows windows 7 launches uh vista launches doing data myself here you know you know and getting on local tv I've done things about when Groupon was a big craze and, you know, yeah, you know what? My MSP didn't support Groupon kind of stuff, but the media saw me as a technology specialist and it was a technology related thing. So guess who they called the interview. I must've did five interviews that day about Groupon there and it was unbelievable. But you know what? We grew, we grew a very profitable successful MSP business. And you know, if, if it were, if it's working for you and it works and it worked for me, I can't see why you wouldn't try it at least or at least, you know, try it and, perse- and per- be persistent with it. So, uh, you know, kudos to you, Darren, for, you know, having that, that vision and that insight. Um, you know, what, what else have we had, what, what else have we, we had covered yet with this, uh, you know, your, your media and your, uh, you know, your speaking opportunities Is there anything else, any other tips you can share with
1: us? yeah you know just back to before you know speak speak anywhere you can you know I've been asked coming up here will I go to the to you know the, the senior center and, and speak on technology um you know they, they they didn't even really give me a topic they said, hey you know we, we need speakers you know more and more seniors are using uh, you know the internet and email will you come and speak you know, I, I I'm not getting paid for it but yeah, you know, I, I said sure because all, you know, at minimum, it's going to make me more educated on my subject. It's going to make me a better speaker, and like you said, you you, you never know. You just need that one individual who uh, has that connection for you. You know, I, I speak on on Facebook Live when I have the time, and you know, I, I did uh, some conversations on uh, cybersecurity, and I got called out to a, to uh, some some big firms uh, out in Vancouver to do cybersecurity audits, and. I wasn't speaking directly to them, but they happened to be listening. You know, someone at that firm said, Hey, you know, we need to get insurance. We have an in-house IT guy. The insurance says, let's get someone from outside and, and I've got a connection, but I wasn't speaking directly to them. So you never know where your opportunity is going to come from.
0: Exactly. So I come back to what I said. One is greater than zero there. And one is greater than zero. And you know what? It's funny. I used to speak. I used to fly down to Phoenix, well not Phoenix the south of Phoenix, a small town called Casta Grande. And my my folks lived there uh for a few years in the wintertime. They were snowbirds down there. And uh, I used to go down there every year and speak to the seniors group of people in their in their community on just, you know, hey, you know, here's all the things you need to know about for computers and you know online and you know you know, that was again ten years ago. But uh, you know, it, it you know, I I can't say besides a few book sales because I was a you know inspiring author back then, uh, you know besides besides a few book sales, and uh, you know the experience, it really didn't relate to any direct business that I could you know connect the dots. But that's what marketing is, you know. Sometimes marketing you can't connect the dots, you know. You can't say this one thing netted this new referral. Sometimes you get lucky and you can, but I think it's a cumulative effort darren and maybe you can talk on that a little bit you know you have to do everything and kind of you know and look at your marketing as an umbrella uh would you agree to that
1: yeah absolutely you know uh, you know just back to your story there before i talk about that you know last year you know i i flew to uh, palm springs I, I quite often spend uh you know the spring break time down there because my wife's a teacher and you know someone said can you help my friend out you know And I I thought, well, I don't really want to be working while I'm down there. But I went to his house. I I set up his exchange email, you know, something that's not too difficult for me to do. When I got back, he said, uh, you know, he has a 200-person company uh, here in my local area. Uh, So it's a pretty large business. And, you know, that got me in the door to be able to come speak to the people running the company. Now, I'm still working on that contract. I've done, Even though I don't like to do break-fix, I've done some break-fix work because the contract um, would make it worthwhile but I would have never had an opportunity to, to go into a 200 person company had I not just taken every opportunity to um, just connect with 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 someone who I thought would have no relevance you know I was just doing what I like to do because like you said when I started in technology I got involved in it because I like fixing technology so I just wanted to mention that story based on on your travel that that, that you just had mentioned but as far as the marketing yeah you know sometimes i don't know what my return on investment is you know i, I you know i when i buy these copies of books that i hand out or you know now recently i, I got a magazine i hand out i have all this stuff you done for me all these different e books i don't know what the return on investment is but i know that my income has grown every month that i've invested in marketing so as long as i'm making more money as I continue to market, I'm going to continue to market.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, but you also have to have the sales back end to uh, to, to work on those business because a lot of people get confused on mark, what, what marketing's role and what sales role is there. And that can be a conversation for another time. But, uh, you know, unlike, unlike others, Darren, you're out there and you're working it. Like you're taking... All that marketing material that you have the you know the blogs the so newsletters, the print materials, and you're out on the you're out in the in the trenches working it every single day you're not sitting you know you're doing you're doing what it takes if it 's a Facebook live video or something else you're doing what it takes to you know create that awareness and I think that's an often a step that a lot of people miss they think they're going to put a i think they put a website up and they're going to sit back and get ninety leads uh I don't think that's necessarily the case these days. There's too much competition. So how do you, you know, are you seeing, are you seeing that your marketing efforts are creating separation between you and your and your competitors
1: now? Well, yeah, the, the marketing definitely is bringing in in the leads, uh, but ultimately it's up to you to to sell to those leads. So, you know, I, I encourage everyone listening if, if they're not involved in something like, uh, Gary Pika and True Methods, or even before True Methods, uh, you know, CharTech has an amazing program, you know, you really always need to be investing in yourself and and your team. And, you know, years ago, when I first started, you know, maybe it's because I didn't have the money, or maybe it was because I was too cheap. You know, I didn't invest in myself, I didn't invest in my team, I didn't invest in marketing, and I, I didn't see any return, you know, and why should I? So just definitely invest in marketing, invest in your training and invest in your team.
0: And I also like what you said you have to invest in yourself. That, that's, uh, that's critical. Your own self-learning as well. Like, I love that you're reading books by Dan Kennedy and others, because I think that's super important that, you know, that you're continuously sharpening your saw uh, Darren, over time to get better at what you do. Because you know you and I I mean, I've been in this business for, for way too long. Um, you know we still today, after 25, some years in this industry, I still don't have the answers to every question. And, you know, and learning and developing your own skills is, is something that, uh, you know, you have to keep on working on. I mean, just like this, you know, this skill thing that I'm creating, I don't, I didn't know anything about it. I had to, you know, research it and everything else, but, you know, close down to getting it done. And that's another marketing angle that, uh, you know, we can look at. there Darren, any any last minute closing comments you want to make to uh, to our podcast group today? know, listening either live or uh, you know, many years down the road.
1: Just basically what what I just said, Stuart. You know, you you have to invest in yourself and your team. You know, pick pick, pick up a book. There's so many of them written for, for managed services. There's so many you know training programs out there. Like I said, with, with, with the CharTech and the uh, you know the Gary Pika's True Method and. and that's going to allow you to, if if people are utilizing Ulystic or other services, when the leads come in, you're actually going to be able to close them because if you get leads that you can't close, uh, then you're you're just throwing your money away. So definitely make make sure that they're investing uh, in in their education.
0: Excellent, Darren. Thanks again for uh, taking some time out of your busy day. I know uh, lots is going on there and in the beautiful British Columbia. I'm open one day soon. I'll be out there. I think I'm actually coming close to your neck of the woods there in June. I'm going to be up in Seattle, but, uh, well, I don't think I'll be coming up uh, a little any, nor- any further North, but, uh, for a while, actually, I do have family on the Vancouver Island. So I may have to get up there this year somehow, but, you know, Darren, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. And, uh, thanks for, uh, you know, sharing, uh, your journey with Coleman, uh, technologies and, uh, you know, and, you know, for people who want to check out Darren's website, uh, you can, uh, you just point your browser to Coleman technologies. Uh, I'm just going to remember what it <laughs> Technologies and, uh, you know, check out some of the stuff. I think we got a new website in the works for the, you know, coming out here in early, mid, early to mid 2018. Uh, if you want to check out Darren's book, easy pray you can, you know, can, uh, put it, we'll fill in the form right on his website there. And I'm sure, uh, you know, you'll be able to get a copy through his website at Coleman Uh Darren, again, always a pleasure. Um and I and I'm I would say good luck in the future, but I know I'm gonna be talking to you uh very soon, you know, um once I get once uh you know when the once the weekend's over and uh you know we get settled back in after our trip to Houston and Dallas.
1: Very good, Stuart. It was my pleasure. Uh thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks again everyone.